Simon Wesley chaired the Mental Health Act Review, which came out at the end of last year. We're meeting today to talk about this, Simon. What are we going to do next? Well, the key thing when you make a report is you don't want it to end up on the dreaded shelf. And that's where, in fact, half of all reports done to government as this was uh, end. So we were very keen that didn't happen. And we, the signs are, are good that it won't. Um, we, even in the midst of total political chaos, um, we got two principal recommendations accepted, which is good. Uh, a commitment uh, to consultation, which is, I think, standard, but also a commitment to move to legislation. And um, you know, PM said some nice things. I don't know, is she still PM as we speak? I'm not sure. Um, she was this morning. But uh, uh, the PM did say the right things uh, to the House. And indeed, it seems to be the only thing that the House of Commons has agreed on in the last few months was that this is a good thing and should go forward. And normally it would go to legislation and a bill committee would be created, chaired by the civil servants, including those who uh, were part of the review. That hasn't yet happened because, you know, as we speak in the middle of March, every single civil servant in, in the UK is working on something else. Um, but I am confident that if and when sanity returns, um, we will then go to uh, um, a bill and, and uh, draft legislation, which will then be subject to parliamentary scrutiny. And of course, after that, who knows? But so far, it's looking good. The key thing is that uh, we, we didn't encounter any frank opposition, which is the really important thing. Nobody said this is a terrible thing to do. Most people of all sorts, stakeholders, patients, the judiciary, uh, police, the providers, the Royal Colleges, welcomed it, although most said it doesn't go far enough or where's the money and things like that, which is all perfectly legitimate. But that's given us the green light to move to the next stage, which will be to prepare a draft bill. And it really strikes me, looking at the presentations here today, we've got 10 presentations from researchers who've worked for the Mental Health Policy Research Unit, five from people with lived experience, how little we know in this area about compulsory admissions and what works, and particularly how little we know for people from black and minority ethnic backgrounds. Why is there so little evidence in this area? It's a good question. I mean, people have been writing about this. I mean, I wrote about it 35 years ago. Fortunately, nobody noticed that, although I wouldn't have been able to chair the review. In order to chair a review, you have to be found to be completely naive and innocent. Um, and I was pretty much, to be honest with you. But I think, I think there's two reasons. There is stuff. Um, and some it's very helpful, but the nature of it is it's very difficult to get the kind of definitive evidence, for example, speaking as an epidemiologist, from example, randomised controlled trials. They have been done in the Mental Health Act, very famously around community treatment orders, but they are incredibly difficult to do, and you rarely get that clarity of outcomes that that kind of research can deliver. So often... Um, uh, it's subject to, to, to numerous caveats. And the second thing, a lot of this isn't actually about research evidence. We're talking about the law. We don't do trials of the law. Um, we're talking about ethics. We're talking about policy. We're talking about human rights. Um, these are not subjects um, that are researchable in the kind of normal way that you and I would use the word research, Andre. And we therefore take account of how society has changed, public opinion, risk and risk aversion. All of these things are things in which we... We study, um, but to think that psychiatric research um, in the way that we do in our universities is going to determine the shape of the Mental Health Act is frankly naive. Mm -hmm.